My name's Caitlin, and I am slow thinking this morning, only on first cup of coffee, 8 a.m. Pacific time. Yeah, and I'm Zach, and I am uh, medium thinking. No, I guess fast thinking. It's like, it's still morning my time, 10, but second cup of coffee, ready to go, excited to talk about psychology and science. Yeah, yeah. fast thinking. Maybe I am. And this is uh, Manipulating the Masses. Don't give yourselves to brutes, men who despise you, enslave you, who regiment your lives, tell you what to do, what to think, or what to feel, who drill you, diet you, treat you like cattle, use you as cannon fodder. Don't give yourselves to these unnatural men, machine men with machine minds and machine hearts. You are not machines. You are not cattle. You, the people, have the power. All right, Caitlin. We talked last week uh, about the October surprise, the political October surprise, and some examples of uh, these surprises that creep in. And we, we mentioned last week the timing of this is very important. Yeah, There's a reason October. they don't drop their good information <laughs> in July. Yeah, it's it, exactly. And since the elections are early November, it's a very close window to voters making their decisions. Not a lot of time for something to come out. The theme of the October surprises were all very bombastic, emotional, tugged on your strings, your 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 mental strings of like, oh, I don't like that. Like I was thinking of the William Harding coming out and saying that he's having to battle that he's not actually of African descent, the, the, the white guy. You know, I, like, yeah, these I would, crazy claims. I would argue that a lot of these claims are like, yeah, they pour at your, they pull at your moral heartstrings like it's definitely a a black and white line or right and wrong so I think of the one I can't even remember the presidency but it was way back 1840 something like that where the to be president uh someone made a claim that he branded his slaves so that's very like black and white there's no gray area with that so i think these october surprises come out and say these yeah like you said bombastic love that word by the way i think that was your fast thinking brain that came up with that yeah bombastic claims Mm -hmm. uh that are that there's no gray area to it it's like this is right and wrong yeah and uh, I completely agree. And then the the piece that always amazes me is, like, these campaigns, especially nowadays, these presidential campaigns, like, somebody has already announced that they're running for 2024 presidency, and this is in December of 2022. Like, there is a – these campaigns are long. You're running for a long time in the primaries. Why are voters still so easily swayed one week out before the election? Right, like why? Why is this so? This October surprise so impactful, mm-hmm. um, and it is. There is some science behind it, and that's what we're going to cover today. It's it's this decision making process of fast thinking and slow thinking, and political campaigns use this. Marketers uh, such as ourselves use this all the time, um, and we really play on our human nature. Our our instinctiveness to make fast decisions based on like you said the moral uh our moral compass mm-hmm. so i'm gonna kick us off with one of your favorite things at 8 a.m pacific time on a friday a math question ah <laughs> yes I got so my uh, i'll toss out a math qu- 
Okay, okay. You can do it up. Um, so here's my question to you, Caitlin, to kick this off. Um, if a baseball bat and a baseball together cost $1.10, so you're going to the store, you want to go hit some baseballs in the street, you're like, I need a baseball bat and a baseball, and it's $1.10 to get both of them, and the baseball bat costs a dollar more than the baseball, how much does the baseball cost? Dollar ten cents together, the bat's one dollar more than the baseball. How much does the baseball cost? Ten cents. That is your fast thinking brain. I know we've done this before, so I know you're cheating a little bit, but yes. Um, I was going to yeah, ask, do uh, I have to pretend like ahead. I don't know this answer? But I will preface to our <laughs> listeners, uh, he did throw this one at me. Uh, and <laughs> my answer, my my answer was ten cents. That was my first answer. Spoiler alert! You were that staying is true to your. I was staying true to my original answer, but spoiler alert! That is not the answer. <laughs> that is not the answer. So walk so us through it. Majority of people, yeah. So a majority of people say ten cents. When I first read this, I was like, yeah, the baseball's ten cents. The the baseball bat's a dollar, dollar ten cents. But the question is, the baseball bat cost a dollar more than the baseball. So actually the baseball is five cents and the baseball bat is a dollar five cents. So that equals a dollar 10 together. And this is a classic, um, you know, kind of example that uh, of fast and slow thinking. Our fast thinking brain is trying to answer the question and seems super smart. And we're like, yep, I did that math super quick. Um, but really, our slow thinking brain should have really analyzed and said, okay, if the bet's a dollar more, really do the math at the end of it. Um, and it, I thought it's, I think it's a great example. Do you remember those videos, Caitlin, of like, they were like viral back in our day, we're going to date ourselves. But it's like the group of people like passing a dodgeball and the video says, can you count how many time, how many passes were made in this video? And then you're like watching, trying to count the number of passes in a dancing bear goes in the background oh, and like yeah. miss it completely. Do you remember that? Yes. Yeah. That's an example of our slow thinking brain, like really focusing and trying to be like, I want to get this right, that we completely miss um, the dancing bear in the background. And we'll post that video. It's hilarious. I've already given the spoiler alert, but we'll post it. You can share with your friends and make them look stupid by not seeing the dancing bear. Um, I think, do you have any thoughts on that? Do you see this fast and slow thinking brain in your everyday life? I know we've talked about it briefly. Did you have any moments where you're like breaking down and been like, yeah, I, I made that decision. Like that's my fast thinking going brain. I think as a business owner, it's kind of all the time. <laughs> you're really my... searching for an answer. I appreciate that. Your slow thinking brain is really diving deep for an I answer. I have fully engaged my slow thinking brain right now. <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to think of an example in my everyday life because it does take me a little bit longer to come to a conclusion. So I feel like I don't actually use my fast thinking brain too often. I mean, yes, to me, like it, these knee-jerk reaction uh, questions for sure in my fast thinking brain is engaged but when I am asked with a more uh, in-depth question I spend my time thinking about it so mm. I can't but what about the question like what do you want for dinner you know oh when your, come when your on husband comes to you 
But I'm just saying, this is this is a point of contention with my girlfriend. Is she's a very when she's asked that question, a very slow thinking brain. She analyzes the options. She thinks about it. She really like parses through. It. And my fast thinking brain is like, I'm in the mood for Chinese. Fine, good, done. It's like a it's it's a balance of the two. Do you like? What about that? Do you feel like you make snap decisions, or are you really thinking about it? No, I think about it a lot. Yeah. Because I can never, I'm never, I'm never, and and I might be different, but I'm never um, craving a certain food when he asks me. And usually he'll ask me like at (laughs) four or something. So I'm like, no, I just want to get through my work day. So then I really do have to think about it. So yeah, it it, maybe my question or maybe my answer is it depends on the time of day that you ask me. That we will touch on that. Okay. We will absolutely because your slow and fast brain uh, come in at different points. So let me let, let me give you a background of like this fast and slow brain because we're we're kind of poking at each, but neither one is better than the other. Uh, both of them serve a purpose in our life, right? Um, so this decision making process was actually founded by two psychologists, Daniel Kahneman and Amos Tversky. And they highlighted it in their book, if you're interested, The Undoing Project. Um, You know, Kahneman and Tversky had noticed in their studies as psychologists that most economic and political models assumed that people acted logically, right? So when, when economists are like, okay, you know, you have... Every person has $50,000. This is logically, they should save this amount. They should do this. They should put money into a house. They should invest portions. We all know that these models, political and economic, people do not act logically. They act against their own interests a lot of times. So they started diving in. Why do people make these decisions? And they, they really separated these two pieces out. The fast decision-making brain allows us to read people's faces, allows us to make snap judgments for flight or fight or flight is an example of like that fast thinking brain. Um, so it does serve a purpose for us evolutionary, but that slow thinking brain, the one that really thinks through, sits down, takes its time, um, is the more quote unquote logical decision making. I'm going to ask you another personal question. Do you have anything that you like purchase even though you know that you shouldn't <laughs> or like, like do you have something you go back to the well and you're like, yo, I shouldn't, I shouldn't buy more of this, but I'm going to because. Uh, I feel like I want to give you the answer you're looking for, but for me, I I'm am not looking for either. One. Okay, good. I actually am very conscious with my purchases only because I'm very, I don't want to be that girl, but I am like anti-fast fashion. I try to be sustainable when I can. I try not to make purchases. Like I really don't try to, I I am not big on consumerism, which is why I entered the field of marketing. But what about like, what about, (laughs) great point. But what about like art? Like, do you, you have a nice layout? Like, do you buy like artsy stuff for your house home decor where you're like i'll buy that even though maybe i don't need another end table it's a cute end table yeah but so no actually that's my answer no i do not make those purchases because 
if it is something that I really want, it's probably comes with a higher price tag, at which point I can't just pull the trigger and say, yeah, it's yeah. cute. Let me buy it. I'm usually looking for like unique pieces that really do Fair take enough. me a while. And Zach, I am the person that will walk into a store and convince myself out of purchases. Like I don't, re- maybe I'll like hold on to it and carry it around the store. And then I'll look at it again when I'm ready to make that decision. And I'll be like, you know what? I have a hundred sweaters. I don't need another sweater. Um, Mm. So I am actually, I don't know if I'm the majority or or just like kind of average, but I will convince myself to, I talk myself out of purchases more than I talk myself into purchases. Wow. Okay. You are an anomaly. Thank you. Because I feel like I I love being unique. Yeah, I know. Because I feel like I will buy headphones is my kind of vice like i love good headphones like you know and i have like seven pairs like do i need no. another one no no but no but when i see them why what you're that calling is, me out that is the weirdest thing because a headphone is a headphone like you no, need one headphone I completely no you need one headphone disagree. in what give me two separate scenarios where you would need two separate headphones like Walk me through that. I have, yeah, so I have, I have one for work, these ones that I wear for work, right? Uh, they have, like, a mic on them, and they, like, ambient sound, like, a lot of, like, uh, additions to that, right? I have another pair of these Sony ones, the different color, but they, I love them because that's my music ones, because I actually had them shaped to my ear. Like, they did an analysis of my ear to, like, maximize the bass sound and, like, the music in there. Let me finish. You asked the question, Caitlin. I have another one that has, like, a drawdown mic like yours that's for, like, video games, you know? I have another one that's, like, music, like, uh, like making music specific that's, like, corded and, like, has it locked in. These ones, some of them are wireless. Um, yeah, so I, there are numerous, some of them have better bass. Some of them are more noise canceling. I have like ones for airplanes that are like noise canceling. I buy them. Each one has their own benefits and I buy them for certain situations. We only overlook good headphones. We only have 30 (laughs) minutes to talk about fast and slow thinking and political campaigns, (laughs) but I have so many comments about what you just said. I mean, the whole molding to your ear, I almost fell out of my seat. It's amazing, though. It's amazing. The necessity is not there. Is not there. It is. The difference is, I will argue with you, like, the the sound quality. uh, Like, when when you're listening to a good song on fucking AirPods, like, it's not the same as getting, like, locked in noise canceling everything's out of your brain except the music Mm, so good you got to get in that zone caitlin it's like great to get in that zone my jaw is still on the floor i need (laughs) i need to use my slow brain to process everything that you've just said including the fact that you have an entire headset for video games which a i didn't even realize you played video game so this sheds a different light on your personality for me and that is also something i need to take some time to process yeah, that's fair. I'm not like the pew pew shooter video games, but I will occasionally play uh, FIFA because I'm a big soccer person. And just like, I love talking shit to the 12 year olds. I'm not going to lie. Oh, like, so you go like, online. You talk to other oh, yeah, people. Oh, yeah, I'll play online. 
oh yeah i'll play online and then mm. uh so it's in there and then like i'll i'll just talk shit to him it's amazing my husband threatens it. me sometimes that he's gonna take up video games and i serve dis- divorce papers <laughs> I, I don't I think there is a delicate balance. But FIFA get, is like, okay. FIFA is it. okay. I'll give it to you. Yeah, not the shooter ones. Like I'm not into that. Like this, the constant sound of like gunfire in my ears. Like no, thank you. But I will like, you know, play that every now and then. I'm um, so happy we yeah, wasted you, five minutes talking about headphones. We can cut it out, but it is needed to be said. I'm gonna leave it in. I, I'm gonna leave it in because okay. To to your point, let's bring it back to the topic. I know that's irrational. I ah, know. Ah. Like, I agree Well with you. done. I agree that it's irrational. Can I stop myself? No. Yes. Because my fast thinking brain is like how I treat myself. No, it's like, it's like the treat to myself. I love them. I think they're fascinating, like the different technology and how it runs in. I know I have enough, right? I know one headphone could solve this, but do I want one headphone? Fuck no. Okay, I have a great example of my fast thinking brain. So when I am like, I use the spot when I when you when you said this is what I do to treat myself, it triggered some ideas. So for Mm -hmm. me, when I'm at a spa, like let's use a spa as an example, like love to do shit to my face, right? (laughs) (laughs) Love facials, and then the esthetician will tell me okay, this was one facial. I think you could use three more. And I'm like, my fast brain is thinking like, well, I don't want her to think I'm poor and I can't afford these three (laughs) facials. So yeah, take my money. And they get me to sign on the dotted line right then and there. And that is my example of like panic mode. I need to make this decision quickly because I want to maintain my youth forever. Yes. Oh, that's a great example. And, and it leads me to my uh, my example that I had pre-planned, not the headphones, but the pre-planned one that I have is, uh, <laughs> is uh, timeshare selling. So I wanted to bring this to marketing, how they use it, this fast and slow thinking brain in timeshare. Have you Guilt. sat through a timeshare? Yeah. Have you sat through a timeshare uh, no. uh, pitch before? No. no. But I have watched I a did. South Park episode. <laughs> yeah, no, it's a great one. It's hilarious. So I sat through one through the uh, allure of of getting a free ticket to Disney World. They said, hey, if you sit through this pitch and you don't buy anything, we will give you two free tickets to Disney World, right? That was their, like, kind of hook to get you in. And I was like, fuck it. How hard can this be to sit through uh, uh, two – and then – I got to tell you, Caitlin, we sat through it. I thought about bringing a lawsuit, never got the tickets. They made it so difficult to get the tickets. So difficult, like impossibly difficult to get the tickets. Wait, you are the South Park episode. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Oh, they nailed it. They nailed it. You could like, it couldn't get it. Like I thought about like being like, let's take this down, but it's a sleazy business anyway. Anyway, in this, and uh, like I was leaving for like, I had sold all the stuff in my apartment and I was doing my techno mad thing in Europe. Like right, like I had already planned it. So I was like, no way am I buying a timeshare. Like I'm already going to live in Europe. Like who cares? I knew I was going to make it through, but the tactics they use, 
right, like is fascinating. So they have couples sitting together. Like it's like school, like all the couples are sitting together. You have to be a couple to get the timeshare in there. Um, but they're like, they're like, it, it, it's just getting you like how, uh, with questions like how much time do you spend on vacation a year? Like how much money do you spend when you go on vacation? Wouldn't it be great to be affordable? Wouldn't it great to know the place that you're doing this? But the piece that really stuck out to me when they're making the sales pitch is when someone, they broke out into like individual groups, you'd have like an individual rep come to you to like pitch. The piece that stuck out to me is when someone would buy this, when someone would cave, they would pop a bottle of champagne. So you hear the sound pop in the back, right? And then when they're walking to the couple, they're clinking the glasses, like purposefully as loud as they can, the champagne glasses, right? And this is what really killed me is that is the fast thinking brain of being in the simple step of I like, want I want a glass, I want a glass of champagne. I, I want, want to be the, celebrated. Like, exactly. And so then they, once they did that one time, three other couples no. purchased like that. Yes. Fascinating. So and the those... first one pulled, they clinked the glasses, three couples, bam, bam, bam the trigger and those couples right? are currently in lawsuits with this timeshare company trying to get out of them and regretting all of their yep. decisions 100 <laughs> percent, it's a terrible option but that fast thinking brain like we all know they prefaced at the beginning of this pitch if anybody makes snarky comments if you're sarcastic we will kick you out and you won't get your ticket to disney world Whoa. yeah like like they're setting the tone in the beginning like they're not going to take anybody breaking this facade because it's so carefully manicured and it they know it's such a bad purchase that they will do uh, they're just playing on your fast thinking brain the pressure of other people around you the scene another couple by like your example like i don't want to think that them to think that i'm poor i can afford this like let me pull the trigger i want a glass of champagne i want that clinking glass i want to cheers like they're pulling on this fast thinking decision making brain in as many ways as possible to get you to buy a timeshare wow i did not think that rant was i just got on my soapbox let me just pull that off step back for a second take a breath i apologize caitlin i went off no 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 right. i have actually follow-up questions um yeah. why wh what were the next steps that made it so hard to get a ticket oh you had to you had to mail a check to a certain attach the flyer they signed a sheet you had to put in a rebate check they said it was free it's a rebate. that you're gonna get back yep so you like mail in the check to an Classic. address, a P.O. box. Yeah, and then they're like, they call you, and if they missed your call, like if they miss you one time, they're like, you have two hours to call back, otherwise you're like, oh. and then I, I kept hitting it, and then I'd follow up, and they just drop off and be like, where are my tickets, where's the rebate? And they just would not oh. answer at some point. Like They were like, you have to pick these three, you have like three dates to pick, and like you have to mail it, like nothing can be done electronically. Like they send you a form and you have to fill it out and pick three specific dates. Horrible. Snail mail, like they drag their feet at that. I mean, it, it's, it's incredible. My dad told me this very early on. Nothing in life is free, people. <laughs> nothing yeah. in life is free. There you go. Period. I, 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 and I'll cap on a modern take to that is like, if it is free, like Facebook, you are the product. We've said that before. Like if getting a Facebook profile is free, 
that means you're the product. Ooh, right? that right. is some hot mm. take. It's true, though, right? It it's is true, so right? true. Love that you wrangled that back. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. So um, it, marketers do this all the time, this fast-thinking brain, this slow-thinking brain. Um, we now, prey on you is what you're saying. Yes. Now, to bring that to politics, because we're covering the 2024 election, that is what the October surprise is, and that is why they drop it in October. It plays on our kind of gut reactions. They do it right before the election, and there's not enough time for our collective societal conscious to process this information and really slowly parse it out and think it out. I mean, when you think about this last, I mean, it might have been two elections ago. 2016. Where we're Let's about use Trump's, 2016. 2016. Hillary's emails, you know, it was, Trump's it was, we weren't. Perversions. Go ahead perversions um it was it we didn't have enough time to really parse out and you went into if you haven't listened to the previous episode i recommend it because caitlin does a great job of like going into details of what the actual email controversy was but we didn't have time to go through and explain the server data and explain the different domains pointing to that server. It was Hillary Clinton had classified emails on a private server and 30,000 of them got deleted. <laughs> Boom. That's what, that's what our process, our fast thinking brains were able to process in that time. Do you have any thoughts on that? Um, I want to uh, quickly talk about Trump. And when the leaked tape came out about, um, I'm not, I, I, he's, it's revolting, so I'm not going to like repeat it, but yeah, the leaked tape came out where he's like, Hey, I'm a celebrity and I can do anything I want to women. Um, what are your thoughts? Because that is, that's very black and white, right? Like people are, are never going to be like, yeah, let's assault women you know people are never going to get on their high horse about assaulting women however what i think happened is people can either hate him more so further their disgust with him or they just choose not to care and they're like hey i'm just going to ignore this so it's not necessarily they have time to say it's right or wrong it's more like Am I going to engage or am I not going to engage? And that's actually kind of how I felt with the Hillary Clinton emails. It's like, am I going to engage in this narrative or am I going to not engage? And it's like, I didn't even know what the emails were about. What are the emails? Why are we all in a hype <laughs> yeah. about the emails? Yeah. Um, but yeah. what do you think about the Trump thing? Because that is very morally black and white. Is it though? I think is my question. We'll go into our moral. Uh, no, I, I, you know me. I yeah, yeah, agree a hundred percent. Zach's an ally. Horrible, but <laughs> I, I do my best. I do my best. But at the end of the day, uh, it, it for some people, I think what 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 the comeback was was. Do you remember what they said to like defend him? I don't do you remember the line that they said. No. It locker room talk. Locker room. It's locker room talk. Right? That was the comeback. And so they're, they're just diverting that fast-thinking brain to say, yeah, this is awful, but, like, all men kind of talk like this. Like, this is, this is how men act. Boys will be boys. You know, like, it is that kind of mentality that people are like, okay, doesn't, doesn't affect my moral compass because 
men men are dogs and they just I've I've heard a lot worse in my day. It's just fact. You know? Men are dogs. Like, fact. Okay, move on. Mm-hmm. Like we're not going to change mm-hmm. that. Yeah, I see what you're saying. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I think for I, I agree with you like morally deplorable, but uh it's it's for some people it's just But they rely on that fast thinking brain. They're like, oh, yeah, they're not really thinking about it and saying, "Okay, what does this mean as a president to think of women this way? How will that trickle down? Because he's governing all of us, you know, men and their fast thinking brain just says, oh, yeah, don't care. Like, uh, I've heard that before. Boom. Done. File that away in your brain. Right. And so that goes to your point of like engaging and disengaging. If we're able to easily just fast think, boom, file it into yeah. a category in our brains. Yeah. We don't think about it much. Um, OK, so the, with the last you know couple minutes here, I do want to talk about how we can counteract, how we can understand when our fast thinking brain ch- clocks in and when our slow thinking brain clocks in and how we can tell when politicians are trying to pray on that fast thinking brain. So I think if you can pinpoint it in messaging as a listener um, and see when they're trying to do it, you can actively stop yourself, pause, think really thoroughly about what they're saying and see on both sides, see if it if it's resonates with you or see if it doesn't resonate with you. So I'm going to give you an example, Caitlin. They did a study of uh, p- parole petitions in prisons. So three judges typically sit on a parole board. Uh, they have all day, they sit there and different parolees, people up for parole in prison, go plead their case, uh, give them information. And then these three judges determine if they're viable for parole or if they need to go back to prison and parole is not granted. It's a very big decision, a very heavy decision and important decision for a lot of lives, right? So they did this study um, and what they found was the quality of these parole petitions didn't matter at all. Good behavior, what they've done did not matter. What did matter was the time of day that they saw the judges. So this goes back to your point of like your hmm. fast and slow thinking brain, right? On average, when the judges started their day, so they start their day at nine o'clock, right? They start hearing uh, petitions. Uh, approval rate was 35%, right? So about one in every three people would get parole. As the morning approached to lunch, 10 a.m., 11 a.m., 12 p.m., like around that time, uh, that number dropped to 12%. Wow. So they would start at 35. Lunchtime, they're at 12. Break for lunch for an hour. When they come back from lunch, after they've had a break, their approval rate jumps to 65%. So clear difference, like right after lunch. And this is an example of how our slow thinking brain kind of weighs on us and why it's hard for people to do it because they're really considering these parole. It's not like they're doing a bad job. They're just mental dexterity is being reduced and reduced and reduced until they can break, give their brain a break, and now they're coming back and they're feeling like they can start over again. Does that Do those numbers surprise you at all? Uh um, well, yes, they surprise me, but they also make sense to me when I reflect on my own energy zones. Like to me, first thing in the morning is usually when I'm firing on all cylinders. Today seems to be the exception. <laughs> um, but in the mornings, 
I'm usually fine and I'm paying extra close attention to what I'm doing. This is when I usually do like my larger thinking, bigger projects and I block myself mm. out. Um, and then in yep. yeah, lunch, obviously you're wearing yourself down. And then when you think of after lunch, it's almost like you're kind of excited that it's going towards, it's like the end of the day. You're almost, you get to see yep. your family, uh, you're refueled and you're just kind of maybe a little extra happy. You have that extra shot of endorphins. So I can mm. see, uh, the morning being extra critical, but still fair. And then yeah. right after lunch is I'm just fucking excited to be done. I'm feeling extra good. Everyone parole for everyone. Yes. Yes, I'm with you. And so I, I think, I mean, for the listeners out there, that's a great little note uh, when you're asking for a raise is think about the time of day that you're going to meet and ask for a raise. They're probably going to be more agreeable right after lunch, right? You can use this to your advantage a little bit. If you have something to, uh, big to ask, schedule it right after lunch. Make People sure that your boss eats lunch first, takes yes, lunch breaks. There you go. Good point. Good point. But uh, I do want to apply this timeline over, uh, you know, the span of a political campaign, because this is why the decisions near this October surprise that we talked about works as well, because uh, we've been processing every day in the news cycle is hitting us with new things and new things and new things. And especially in this modern age, it is so rapid fire. We don't really get to dissect what's going on. I mean, there was there literally I don't remember when the tax fraud case against the Trump campaign started, but it ended a few weeks ago, like a two, like last week. And it, this was in like 2015. It's been like, I don't know how many years. Right. And this thing is just running in the background. And like by the end of it, you're just mentally exhausted. You're going to go with your fast thinking brain by the time and that's why the October surprise works because we are just drained of our processing power by the end of these elections they're exhausting so work your best save up your processing power for that last little week I also use my other spa analogy where I get they get you to the counter and you have to make your decision right then and there so October mm. is the counter in this example yep. And you yep. have to say, yes, I will drop another thousand dollars or no, I'm poor. <laughs> yep. Nobody wants I to agree. be poor. So people are I willing agree. to drop that thousand dollars just to, you know, make that decision I, easier. I completely agree. Okay. And then uh, the, the, the piece that I do want to keep in mind is during the campaigns, uh, keep in mind when politicians are using specific messaging to prey on your fast thinking decision making. So let me give you a specific example. I'll, I'll, you are now Dr. McMillan, uh, PhD. You've worked in a hospital, a very high end hospital. You have a patient in a lot of pain, Caitlin. There's a lot of pain, uh, it, though it's not dire. It's not like fatal. They're just in a lot of pain and you're looking for options. Um, I come to you, I'm nurse Zach, you know, let's fight the gender stereotypes here. You're the doctor, I'm the nurse. Um, and I suggest a procedure to you, but I say, Hey, you can do this procedure, but there's a 10% chance of death. Do you do it? Do you pull the trigger? 10% Now the chance. person's not fatal. Yeah. The person's not in fatal condition, but this procedure can help their pain. And I say, there's a 10% chance of death. 
do you pull the trigger and do the process? Mm, I am, <laughs> again, I might be an anomaly, but my personality is high risk, high reward. <laughs> so I'm always going to veer towards more of the high risk, high reward scenario. Fuck. I mean, this yeah, is why I'm not yeah. a doctor. This is why I have my job and they have theirs. <laughs> exactly. Because I'm, I'm, around, I'm exactly. tossing lives around like it's no big deal. It's like a chess game. It's a chess game. So to me personally, 10% seems like not that much. doesn't seem like a high enough (laughs) risk that I'm like, yeah, "Yeah, let's do it. 10%. What are the chances? The chances are 10%. Caitlin. (laughs) Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Like one out of every 10 of these are going to go horribly wrong. Um, Okay. Well, you are the anomaly. So um, they actually did this study across um, a bunch of hospitals only 12% of doctors said they would do the procedure if there was a 10% chance of death. Oh, okay. Right? Only 12%. Really? Right? But, for yeah, but then, uh, so we, they switched it, and they, now what if I told you there was a 90% success rate uh, that it works 90% yeah, of the time? Sounds nice. Right? It's the same thing. And that changed. When they asked doctors that, 94% said that they would do the procedure. So we're saying the same thing. There's a 10% death rate rate or a 90% success rate. Yeah. And only 12% said they would do the death. 94 said they would pull the trigger on the, on the 90% success rate. And it is a framing. It is, it is the messaging that, that marketing companies like us use and politicians use. So especially when they use examples of the economy, politicians um you know be very very careful about how they're portraying numbers how they're portraying statistics in their campaigns to back up their point because it's gonna be a framing issue not really an indicator of how good they are at their job does that that surprise you that that so many of us are swayed by just little tweaks in yes, messaging. Yes, yes, yes. It, I would think this, uh, the percentages would have been closer together. Like 94%, it seems crazy versus a 12%. Um, I, I want to say approval. Um, it, it, it I is, would, I would think is. that they would be closer to the middle. So, you know, 10% yeah. of doctors say that they would take that risk while 30% of doctors say that they would take the 90% success rate. Um, those numbers seem yeah. drastic to me. Yeah. Well, I think what it, what it speaks to if we're putting on our marketing hat is uh, putting yourself in the position of the doctor, because as a doctor, you are making the decision to make, to do the procedure and you are in charge of the outcome. And if death is in the word of the outcome, you're going to avoid it, right? You don't want that. But if success mm-hmm. is in the word of the outcome, yeah. then you're like, yeah, I, yeah, I will yeah, be a yeah. successful doctor. I will make that. And it is, we do this with marketing all the time, right? Put your, put the user in the position, show live action shots, right? Clear skin. You will have clear skin, mm-hmm. you know, rather than, rather than curing acne, put clear skin in the in the messaging because mm. then you're thinking about clear skin not about your acne right glass um, glass half full exactly not glass so empty. 
So I see this particularly being used. My last point here is I see this particularly being used when talking about the future of America. You know, um, they they talk about grim prospects that America is going to die. It's going to be taken over. Our culture is going to fall. I don't know. Like there is a very grim outlook and then there's a very positive outlook mm-hmm. of like America hope bring America together, mm-hmm. you know, um, and both of these things are the real, the reality is going to be somewhere in the middle, right? We're not going to be a perfect union, but we're not going to go up in flames and completely be annihilated. There is somewhere in the middle and politicians use that phrasing to make you feel a certain way about voting for them in your fast thinking brain. Mm. And that re- and that records it. Okay, so we'll we'll be coming back next week. We're gonna start to get into morality. So um, Caitlin's gonna pull some different political situations. News to uh, me. Yeah, news to you. <laughs> different political situations uh, or political stories that have happened in the last year that uh, pull on our moral strings and why we're divided over them. So. We're going to be doing that. Please give us a follow on Facebook, Manipulating the Masses Podcast. Give us a follow on Instagram, MacmillanPhillips.agency. See what we're up on to on the business end, too, Mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. Um, And see some awesome memes, because, like, we're a meme company, so it's Mm -hmm. awesome. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And am I missing one? YouTube? If our YouTube's going to be up and running. YouTube. YouTube. Watch this episode on YouTube. Give us a follow, subscribe, hit the like button, blah, 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 blah. All right. Any last words, Caitlin? No. Let's get to it. Have a great week. We'll be back next week, everybody. Bye. Bye.